Hello, you're very welcome to Purple Psychology Podcast. You're here with Melanie Hoskin and, of course, as always, Dr. Nisha O'Reilly. Hello. Welcome, Nisha. Today we're talking about uh, veganism and vegetarianism. Yes. Um, Why is it so great? Okay. Because it's really healthy. That's why it's great. Okay. Um, So I I do struggle a bit. This has gone on for years with me where people go, oh, you're vegetarian. I go, no, I'm not because I hate labels. But the but the reality is um, that I eat vegetarian food at least 95% of the mm. time, if not more, mm. right? Um, what a lot of people don't know is that like, I have a huge routine around food and health as a result of the thyroid condition. And so a long time ago, I downloaded a book called The Thyroid Diet Book. And it's quite similar, actually, to eating well for diabetes because you eat um, low glycemic foods, mm. so foods that are slow-releasing. And so I even got into doing things like making my own granola in such a way and mm. putting coconuts and things like that into it. They're particularly good for my thyroid. So it doesn't just matter to me what I eat. It matters how I eat, what time of the day I eat, mm. um, how often I eat, um, how much exercise I get, the sort of foods I eat. So um, I'm not going to be vegan because I really need eggs because I really need B12 for my thyroid. Mm. So for instance, so I found that eating a very high protein diet in particular works very good for having a low um, underactive thyroid. Mm. Um, and um, so for me, I also think that it's important to be able to break out. And another book that I read recently was um, The Way of the Peaceful Warrior. And it's, um, it's a really interesting book because the guy makes, the, there's a sort of a mentor dude and um, mm. a sort of a, a sports guy. And he makes mm. him sort of abstain from everything. And he's a bit horrified when he walks into the office one evening, he finds his mentor smoking, drinking gin, and generally like doing everything wrong. And he's like, you know, what do you ask? Like, you've made me abstain from everything. Like, you made me fast for a week first, like, you know, and eat really, really simple foods. And the whole thing for him is that he needed him to understand what his body felt like. And he needed him to understand that if he did smoke, that he then had to counterbalance that and learn how to detox. So mm. there's an element for me that I know that if I break out and I go out for dinner, or if I cook meat f- for people, or I eat meat out, or if I have alcohol, or if I succumb to a fizzy drink, even fizzy water, or um, if I haven't at least walked five kilometres that day and, it, God forbid, like I break out and have a bag of chips, I know that I'm going to pay for all of those things. And so I have a kind of a counterbalancing detox two days afterwards. Mm. But it's that sense of knowing yourself. And, and that book is very mm. good for, for showing you that in yourself. So mm. one of the things I, I like is when people drive food and diet and fitness around their own self-worth and their own self-belief. So I think if you bring this back to an individual, it's really good. The people that I I watch doing this differently are driven from the external. They're driven Mm. from the animal welfare point of view. And it's not that I I have huge care for for the environment and for animal welfare. But when it's something's driven externally and you're told to do things for an external reason, I find that those people are trying to replicate a western diet more which is not necessarily always environmentally friendly that's the irony of it and it's also not necessarily always good for them and they haven't always done the research on and the food a, side of it and mm. the the vitamins and all of those things like you have to do a huge amount of education on this and is it more about um for for say animal welfare uh, people people are, who are doing it because they don't want to eat, eat animals or support the the slaughter of, of animals 
would that be done more from a, an abstinence point of view? I'm not going to eat meat. Yes, rather than rather than understanding where, where what you're talking about is understanding how your body works and how your body processes stuff. Yeah, and like you can have really like strong ethics. I just feel mm. that when you're driving it about you being healthy as mm. an individual mm. and driving what's good for you and educating yourself on it, that you do this better mm. and you do it in a way that's healthier for you and healthier for everyone in your environment. Mm. And the reality is is that if you have very good self-worth as an individual, you then have very good self-worth and respect for the people around you. Mm. Like, those two things go hand in hand. And then if you've got very good self-worth for the people around you and respect, you have respect for the planet and you have respect mm. for all the other people living around you mm. and so on. Like, I know an awful lot of vegetarians who have a huge global footprint because mm. they buy tomatoes that have come from halfway across the world mm. rather than buying the ones that were grown locally. Mm. So that's a good example. So... It, you know, there's so much. It's so much more complicated a debate than mm. this. So mm. if you actually start with, well, I'm going to be well, and I'm going to take care of me, and then I'm going to take care of everyone else around me, mm. um, and also it's quite interesting. Like, there's quite a lot of different controversy as to whether or not it's good or bad for children to be vegan. Mm. And I came across a very good site with the NHS in the UK, which shows you how you can supplement a child's diet because they're going through so much development and growth. You have to be very conscious of the amount of protein and that sort of thing mm. in particular. Mm. Um, um, that, that you're getting in and that you neurologically that you're actually developing. But for me, the other side of this is that um, I've always known that children who try a lot of foods and have access to a lot more foods and lots of different types of foods at very young ages um, are less picky about eating and actually enjoy food more. And actually, I, I was looking this up. There's actually a sort of a window of your taste buds developing between four and seven months. So okay. it's actually very young. Um, and there was a book a few years ago called um, Why Do French Children Not Throw Food? Mm. And it was quite funny. So in, in France, um, one of the reasons that kids um, get on well with food is firstly, they learn how to cook it from very young ages. Um, but also, if you don't like broccoli, it will still turn up repeatedly on the dinner table. Mm. So you're not allowed to... And it will turn up in smaller and smaller quantities. Mm. Like it might turn up in something rather than just broccoli on the plate. Mm. But you'll still keep getting reintroduced to it. And I do think that it's important for parents who have fussy kids and fussy eaters that you don't just sort of go give in and go, right, we'll have baked beans and chips. Mm. I think you have to keep pushing that boundary and keep pushing food in mm. different ways. Mm -hmm. And I do think it's very important to push textures and tastes and smells in particular at very young ages so if you are in a vegetarian or vegan house you may want to consider that because if you don't give people access to the smell of fish or the texture of certain things um, they will be more overwhelmed with them when they're older could not could the same not be said of meat yes so uh, if you if you were if you wanted to um, become um, vegan uh, and you have children, surely that's going to be a very difficult process. Yeah, I don't... I, Not I, just with me, yeah. but with, with, with dairy and... Yeah, I, I, I do think that... I do think that that's my... I don't criticise veganism mm. for children in terms of health, because mm. I think if you're a good vegan, you know what that is and you know how to supplement it. Mm. But... I do wonder whether you're not giving people access to textures mm. and, and making them hypersensitive to textures and smells later on. Mm. Now, that doesn't mean you won't, mm -hmm. because obviously if you're vegan, you've got very strong views and you really want your child not to be a carnivore when they grow up. Mm. But I'm talking about the fact that they might have to work around meat. Are we not naturally carnivores, though, humans? I don't, there's no need to be. 
um, th- that's the fundamental thing. Like a lot of people think um, that dogs need to eat meat and they don't either. Mm. Um, funnily enough, I think cats do need meat in their diet, but I'm sure you could probably supplement it. But the wonder is they're vegan cats. They could eat humans. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that's against animal cruelty. <laughs> it still comes under that. Um, but yeah, like the thing for me is that you've got to learn to know yourself very well. I mm. think it is important for you to learn to break out occasionally so mm. you know what that feels like in your body and you actually do have to counterbalance mm. it. Mm-hmm. And that's why I don't completely like the constraint of mm. it. I mm. do like the self-worth side of it. Um, but I'll probably still keep going no if people ask me if I'm vegetarian. And is vegetarianism or, you know, um, especially in terms of children, and I mean, my own nephews, uh, one of my nephews became a vegetarian at 10 and yeah. his mother was up the walls. Um, but but again, he, he's, he's still a vegetarian to this day and mm. um, won't even buy leather shoes. So, um, I mean, and... And interestingly, some personalities are more mm. drawn to this and they're more drawn to this from an ethical point of view. Mm. And, and I do mm. see that, mm. um, which is great. Mm. And, and, and they do end up with very black and white views on it. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. They do need to have a tolerance for the people around them. And do our... I know that vegetarians and, and probably vegans as well um, are, are probably... Um, a bit judgmental to towards people who eat meat because they're obviously going to believe well you don't well, need Well this to is eat this is meat. the interesting thing that I've seen the people who drive this more in terms of their own self-worth and looking after themselves tend to be less judgmental of others it mm. tends to because it's an internal driven decision and mm. um, they will probably encourage mm. other people to mm. do this Mm. Um, but they're not judgmental but the people who are driven on this purely from an external point of view Mm. um, in terms of what should be done in terms of animal cruelty Mm. are exceptionally judgmental of everyone else I suppose one is about self-care and the other is more I suppose environmental or something or I suppose there's cause but I I still do feel that self-care and self-worth can drive us living on a better planet Mm. Mm -hmm. and, and better to each other and mm. to everybody on it, mm. in in but but the the foundations and the roots of it are very different. But if everybody did that, I do actually think that more people would be vegetarian and vegan mm. and more conscious, and they would think a lot more about where their food comes from and how far it's travelled and how it's been produced and so mm. on. Mm. And because it because it, it is driven from a self worth point of view, yeah. and you start to think like there was um, an article recently um, where a supermarket took um, all of the imported produce off the shelves to make a point and there was hardly anything left in the supermarket Mm -hmm. so so there's so much more around Mm -hmm. this debate and there's so much more around it in terms of your footprint and the Mm -hmm. materialistic society we live in like Mm -hmm. how long do the shoes that you buy last is it is it good to buy a pair of leather shoes if you keep them for five or ten years rather than the pair of runners that you throw Mm -hmm. out so there's 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 a bigger debate here for me on the whole Mm -hmm. um environmental footprint that you have in the long term Mm. and and how you think about how you get rid of clothes that don't fit you anymore whether you drop them to a charity shop or you drop them to be recycled or whether you throw them out so many people still throw things out in their bin every week Mm. Mm. and so there's there's so much more in this but once you start to think about it in terms of you in terms of self-worth i think you do start to think about the bigger picture Mm. that's the real irony for me Mm. whereas when this has been driven from outside you don't always think about it well i suppose you've only one channel as well when it's been driven from the outside 
it's really only one channel whereas when you're when when it's it's about self-care you take care of the self and then you start um pushing that outwards you start looking more outwardly when you've kind of sorted yourself out yeah totally so Mm -hmm. so i really encourage people to do this from an internal point of view and it's it's much and if you do that i think in terms of health uh, across the board like there's um you will obviously have um much better less heart disease um, mm. uh, it's exceptionally good for diabetes and other areas and mm. it's so much easier to drive your health and to drive your diet based on self-worth than going to hospital and being told by a nutritionist what mm. you should and shouldn't eat yeah for people that might want to say have uh, young children uh, or they might even want to themselves kind of stop using meat like because i mean um i would try to limit the meat i eat but more because of what they're putting into meat and i'm becoming afraid of meat rather than um and what it can do to me rather than you know well i i I don't support animal cruelty or any kind but um you know what 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 where can somebody start if they want to say even just get to know their body you know to, to, to ask themselves you know does beef actually when I eat beef, how do I feel? How does my yeah, body I, feel? I, I, how does I, I, process I think it? this is a whole sort of conscious decision. Um, like, as I, as I said when I started this episode, like, at that thyroid diet book, mm. I, I realised a long time ago what was good and bad for me to eat and what made me feel better mm. and, and, and what meant that I had more energy and I was just happier in myself and so on. And there's a big correlation between um, vegetarian and veganism and happiness, actually. Mm. There's a huge correlation mm. there. Um, I, I don't know, just because you feel better or your body mm. feels better. or um, so, so, yeah, so there's a real sense of people getting to know themselves and getting to know mm. what's good for them mm. and, and getting to know even how they feel after they've had so much alcohol. Mm. and Because and, these people are drinking a huge amount now mm. as well. Mm. Like, like, the doctors don't nearly don't believe you if you go in and tell them and they ask you how many drinks you had. And you said, I might have had one this month, but I'm not sure. <laughs> Well, yeah. <laughs> um, so, okay, um, with regard to children and uh, vegetarianism, or um, I, I suppose being a vegan. Yeah, I just think that it's really, um, I think you need to think about textures and smells of food that you introduce kids to. Mm. And that's not to do with, it doesn't necessarily have to be meat. Mm. I just think you really have to think about that as a whole and how you keep introducing certain foods to people about being picky eaters and Mm. to realise that that window where your taste buds develop is actually very, very young. Mm. Um, And I don't think that parents realise that. And I think that one of the the reasons, um, because an awful lot of babies at that age eat a lot of processed foods rather than cooked foods mm. as well. So, like, my favourite things would have been um, carrots and cauliflower cheese and things like that. So I would have had a lot of things cooked for me. So I, I think an awful lot of picky eating of children actually stems from what you do at exceptionally young ages, and I don't think people realise that. Mm. And I think it's particularly um, helpful or a good idea to keep reintroducing foods in different formats like maybe mashed into something or people think that they have to... And there's also been a lot of debate about nut allergies Mm. that one of the reasons that children do develop nut allergies is because they don't actually have um, access to nuts in their diet so that's been a big debate as well out there which which there isn't really no one's kind of fallen on either side of it But, Mm. but, but certainly it's funny looking at the NHS website because it specifically did recommend nuts in the diet being ground up. Okay. 
um, because there's a they're a huge source of various um, proteins and fibers. So you're still getting the, yeah. the nuts. Yeah. Mm. Okay, so food for thought. Totally. For people out there. So um, okay, Nisha, thanks a million. Thank you. I'm gonna talk to you again.